Hi, I'm Brad Blaylock. And I'm Brad McKeon, and welcome to The Brad Report. Warning, The Brad Report contains spoilers. If you don't yet know why people are saying, this is the way, or are crying because of new Order 66 scenes, you know, maybe you should like catch up on Disney Plus. Um, all the shows that we're going to be talking about are on there. But if you are caught up, uh, we welcome you to join us for this episode of The Brad Report. The Brad Report can be found on Apple, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Anchor, and Spotify. Please rate and review us. Five stars only for The Brad Report. You can also give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at The Brad Report. As we said last week, we're still a very small operation. <laughs> <laughs> so we could really use some encouragement, some love, give us some feedback, letting us know, let us know that you're enjoying it. And yeah, we'd love to hear from you all, the fans. The two of you, or the 30 of you that have listened to our Marvel podcast so far. Uh, we're thankful for you all. But last time we talked about the Star Wars movies universe, the whole Skywalker saga, as well as Rogue One and Solo. And today we're going to be belly flopping into the Star Wars TV shows. That includes the Clone Wars, Rebels, Resistance, and the Mandalorian. So a brief summary overview of those shows. The Clone Wars is set in between episodes two and three of the Skywalker saga. It follows the efforts of the Jedi Council as well as the clone troopers. It's really a highlight of the show is the characters that the clone troopers that you get to know that you don't really see in the movies. And it follows Anakin, Obi-Wan, Anakin's Padawan, Ahsoka. Ahsoka Tano, as well as the Sith, Asajj Ventress, Count Dooku, Darth Maul, Darth Sidious. And you even get to spend time with some more Jedi that you don't really see a lot of action of, including Mace Windu, Yoda, Kit Fisto, Plo Koon, all of those characters. You really learn to love and get to know them and cherish them. Now for Rebels, uh, this is set in between episodes three and four of the Skywalker saga. It follows a resistance band of rebels, kind of a ragtag crew that are going around fighting the empire, uh, just doing smuggling jobs, going on adventures. Turns out one of the crew is a Jedi that survived order 66, Kanan Jarrus, and about him training the new Padawan force sensitive Ezra Bridger. And also they have some run-ins with some in Sith inquisitors, as well as Darth Vader himself. Really exciting show. Another show that they have is Resistance, which is set before The Force Awakens. And it kind of follows the, the squadron of pilots uh, leading up to The Force Awakens that as they're just establishing the New Republic. And then lastly, we have The Mandalorian, which is set between episodes six and seven, but closer to the sixth side. I've gotten... I always, when I first read this, I thought it was like three years. Some people are saying five years. Some people are saying 10 years after Return of the Jedi. But it's pretty soon where you still are seeing people as stormtroopers. 
You're, there's not the first order hasn't been established yet. You follow a bounty hunter just known as the Mandalorian and his adventures. And with that, he he finds a bounty that he's hired to obtain and return. And then the adventures when he breaks his contract. So those are the shows that we have in the Star Wars TV show universe as of right now. Brad, why don't you uh, walk us through what you theme you saw in the overall shows? Yeah, so one of the themes for The Mandalorian, and I think it kind of continued like Disney's oldest theme. Mm-hmm. Or not Disney, excuse me. I said Disney because Disney owns all of this. And they'll own everything eventually. They so, will own absolutely everything. Absolutely. And I, for one, welcome our new overlord, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> uh, no, but one of the Star Wars' oldest themes Maybe is... they'll buy DC eventually. Oof. <laughs> oh, man. So Star Wars, one of their oldest themes is parentage and lineage, mm. right? So I'm from the very first movie, movies, not chronological, but in terms of release, you know, we got um, the story of Luke Skywalker and who his parents are. And then even in the sequel trilogy, we get Rey and who her parents are and how that works out. And then the, the Mandalorian, the one question that everyone's asking is, who is this baby, right? Like, who is this baby's parents? Who Where does baby? it come from? Yeah. Uh, and so this theme of lineage and the importance of where you come from, mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily in terms of defining you and who you are, but at least um, it puts you on a, a track, right? It puts yeah. you on a, a certain certain path. Um, and so that's like the big question of the Mandalorian, and it doesn't answer it yet. No. Like, who is this little child? Yeah, who is the child? That's... Yeah, I think, yeah, that's so good. And just to talk about what we were talking about last week with J.J. Abrams, what he set up well in The Force Awakens when he first directed was who, where does Ray come from? Yeah. Where did, like, the question. Who, who are her, who's who, her lineage? What's what her is lineage? Yeah. yeah. Because it's always setting, like, the Star Wars, like you said, is setting It's the up, oldest theme in Star the Wars. The oldest theme yeah. is parentage, lineage, family, and the question of who is this person, the mystery is almost like the sense of the thrill you get from trying to think about it. What we're doing, we're going to be discussing theories and like is almost itself better than the answer. Like the anticipation that builds up for yeah. that. Yeah. That's really good. One of the themes that I had, I think I played across all of the shows um, is just the theme of kind of going back to the, the original Star Wars is the theme of adventure. Yeah. Like Luke's going on this adventure with this old Jedi, Obi-Wan, to save the princess with the smuggler and a giant Wookiee teddy bear. It's an adventure. And you really get that with the Clone Wars because most of, and Rebels, and uh, even the Mandalorian, like all of these things are contained within 20 to 30 to 40 minutes Hmm. you've get usually you get they i mean unless there's like a story arc you there's a call there's a call to action yeah we've got to go on this mission do this thing there's the conflict they get into trouble they get in a pinch and then they've got to find their way out and it's just continual adventure going on so that's one of the themes that i saw in in the shows another theme from the clone wars i loved is 
it, it kept coming back to this idea that things aren't always black and white. Things are complicated. Yeah. Things are super things complicated. Things are really confusing. Right. And so you have kind the... of like the Phantom Menace. <laughs> Nothing's complicated are really about the Phantom Menace. Terrible movie. Very, Things are complicated. They're like, this is a Star Wars movie, and it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, so you've got one side that, you know, you have the Republic <laughs> that essentially has this slave army mm-hmm. in the clones. Yeah. Right? Probably not the best thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably not the greatest thing not in the, the world. the most awesome thing is, like, yeah, we bred you just to do our work yeah like you were born raised trained from a young age solely for the purpose of dying for our cause that you didn't have a choice in signing up for Mm -hmm. tough look tough look it's a tough look tough look tough look for the republic yeah uh so that comes up and i'll talk a little bit more about that with our favorite characters okay because that comes up big time with one of my my favorite characters oh i i think i know who this is Oh, yeah, there's an obvious choice. Short little guy. No. Pointy ear. No, no. not Yoda. So Yoda is one of my favorite movie characters. Okay. I don't love Yoda as much in the TV shows. Yeah, he comes across. He's a as, little different. He's a little different. And I think one of the things that obviously we're getting into like deep spoilers and uh, is that like there's a point in the story arc where they know that the clone army was originally created by the Sith. And then they're like, well, we better not tell anyone like, let alone the, <laughs> our fellow Jedi that are serving with these people yeah. and could just be like, Oh man, what happens if they just turn on them and then get all get killed, man, maybe that would have been helpful to know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Yoda just falls so flat in the TV yeah. shows. I, so no, it's not a little pointy. pointy okay, I'm really excited to to hear. So I have several characters that I love throughout the shows. How would you go ahead and list okay. off some of yours? So just going off of Clone Wars, um, the first one I I think what who really shine in the show are the clones, and the guy who voices them. I think his name is D. Bradley Baker. Okay. I'm pretty sure is his name. Shout out Bradley. Shout out Bradley. Hey, hope you're enjoying the Brad report. Um, <laughs> he does such a good job because it's all the same voice and they all have the same face, but they individualize them in such a way that you can tell like, okay, this guy is Rex. This guy is fives. Hmm. This guy is echo or yeah. Cody and Rex and fives are two of my favorite characters in the show i have rex down okay one of my favorite favorites as well yeah so rex and fives they're just super fun they're like and seeing their commitments like rex is especially about i'm gonna be a good soldier and his commitment to um his profession to risk to he's uh the clone that works most closely with anakin Mm. yeah Uh, seeing how they work well together and then also the the clones always call each other brothers, which I think is yeah. is really compelling. And they're like, we're brothers. We're not just like um, kind of – it's kind of building on that band of brothers theme of just saying, you know, we've gone through combat together. But they're all, they all have the same face. And they are legitimately brothers in a sense that they're all clones from the same person, Django Fett. So I really like 
So those two off the top are some of my favorites. But what about what is another one of yours? So I, I had Rex too. Um, before I move on to another one, I'll just pop in a quote okay. from Rex that I like a lot, uh, where he says, "I used to believe that being a good soldier meant doing everything they told you. That's how they engineered us. But we're not droids. We're not programmed. You have to learn to make your own decisions." Mm. Uh, and that's a big thing with the Clone Wars too. Just, I guess, going back uh, a prompt, but just this idea that clones have some free agency to them. Yeah, and they can be a little diverse in their thoughts, their actions, their uh, their personalities. And so that's like a big thing that the Clone Wars kind of explores is these like bioethical themes throughout. Yeah. But anyway, so love Rex. Great stuff on him. My favorite character in all of the shows, Mandalorian, Clone Wars. Okay, all, all of them. them. All of them. Ahsoka Tano. Ah, she's so great. She is amazing. She's and so great. Her arc is great. So she starts off as Anakin's surprise pad one. Everyone freaked Big out surprise. when they first announced that yeah. he's like, he doesn't have a pad one. Right. Why does he have a pad one? Yeah. Uh, so that, I love that. And in the Clone Wars, it surprised Anakin too. You know, yeah. he's like, I don't want a pad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, why am I trading somebody? Uh, and and she's annoying to him at first. Right? That's yeah. how she gets her nickname Snips because she's snippy. Yeah. And he, he she gets under his skin, so she, he calls her Snips. Yeah. But she's so brave, right? Throughout the entire show, she's so brave. Even when yeah. she even when she's a young Padawan and mm -hmm. hasn't fully come into her powers and abilities, she's still willing to fight. I mean, like a size Ventress who yeah. at the time was way more powerful than she was. Yeah. She's willing to go in there. She, I think her more than anybody kind of delved into this idea that things aren't black and white all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So on one hand, you have the, the plot line where she goes to Raxus. Mm -hmm. Do you remember this? Yeah. She goes to Raxus and she meets the separatist senator. Yeah. The separatist, Mina Bonteri and her son Lux. Yeah. And they're not bad people. No. They're normal people. This is a separatist senator who yeah. the Republic is at war with. And her son Lux and her, they're just normal people who want the war to end. Yeah. They're just tired of this. Yeah. They're they're just like the Republic people who are just tired of this war. Uh, they're tired of the killing and they're ready for it to end. And Ahsoka sees that and it troubles her. I mean, it really, it really troubles her. Another thing is her plot line on Onderon, or how do you say that? Onderon? Alderon? Onderon? Onderon. Onderon? Right? I guess. The planet that got blown up? Uh, the planet that had the rebellion. I think Onderon. Onderon? Okay, thank you. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> so. If any Star Wars linguistic <laughs> experts are listening to this, you can. You uh, can help us out. DM us. Proud yeah. <laughs> <Brad> report. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So there is a there's a group of people in Andron who who want their freedom and are willing to fight for it. And Ahsoka sends orders or sends messages to the Jedi Council and asks for permission to lead this rebellion. Mm -hmm. And the Jedi Council says no. Right? So the Jedi Council that's supposed to represent good and freedom and be this force of of righteousness in the galaxy denies her request to lead these people to liberation. Mm -hmm. And she kind of plays by the Jedi council's rules at first, but eventually she just kind of goes rogue and leads this rebellion on Onderon. Um, 
So I, I just love her. She's, yeah. she's awesome. She's really great. I think, so I, as for those of you that listened last week, once again, thank you. Secondly, <laughs> uh, you know that one of my favorite characters is Obi-Wan, but I don't think I need to really harp on that again. But two characters that really, besides Ahsoka, that really kind of like wormed their way into my heart. Not really wormed, but like I just love them in the show of the Clone Wars is Anakin because he's not the whiny Anakin that we see in no, Attack of the Clones. he's not emo boy. He's not emo boy. No. He takes being a, a general seriously. He's a commander. There's some moments where you're like, okay, quit complaining like with Obi-Wan, but you really just like, man, this is the Anakin that I want. Yeah. And he's fun. He's a great warrior. He doesn't leave the clones behind. He values the clones. He doesn't see them as disposable. And then another one that I have is Darth Maul. Just seeing oh, his character man. realize Darth Maul is great. and just how evil he is. And the guy that voices him also voiced, uh, for those of you video game fans, um, he also voiced Starkiller in uh, The Force Unleashed. So he was the voice of a Starkiller in The Force Unleashed, which is like he's just, yeah, he's awesome. He's also voiced uh, Darth Maul in Solo as Ray Park. Ray Parker reprised his role for Darth Maul in Solo, the guy that did the body for it in uh, The Phantom Menace. So now the guy that's a, the official voice of Darth Maul is Sam Witwer, who voices him in The Clone Wars. And he just does an amazing, an amazing job. And you really kind of see the opportunity that they missed out on in killing Darth Maul off early and not including him in the, in episodes two and three, but the way that they develop his character in the show is amazing. When he first meets Obi-Wan again, and I pull up the quote, it says, you may have forgotten me, but I will never forget you. You cannot imagine the depths I would go to stay alive, fueled by my singular hatred for you. Yeah, I mean, his hate, he, he just hated so much yeah. that it kept him alive. Kept it him alive. Him. It is amazing. And the stuff with him and Ahsoka at the end, too. Oh, so we're going we're gonna to get to that. Okay, we're gonna good, get to I, have, that. I have some thoughts on that. There's, okay. a lot of, there's a lot of irony there with Ahsoka yeah. and Maul that I'd like to talk about. Yeah, that's, we're going to get to that with uh, some of my favorite scenes um, slash story arcs. Okay. So... Um, last, my last character that I really love in the Mandalorian is just the little baby Yoda. <laughs> I mean, he's so freaking cute. He's awesome. <laughs> I wonder if he's too cute. Do you think he's too cute? No. I, so here's the, I think that he's perfect. I, I mean, I agree. I, the thing that, <laughs> the thing that I worry about is like, you know, all the Baby Yoda memes out there. Mm-hmm. I don't want Baby Yoda to become a minion. Mm. You know, like, yeah, you know, minions are just kind of annoying. Yeah. You know, and it's because they're everywhere. Yeah. And I don't want Baby Yoda to become a minion. Yeah. Like, so today at work, my boss on her computer, on her computer sticker, mm-hmm. um, 
She had a Baby Yoda sticker that said, my baby can levitate yours. Okay. And I don't know. I'm just worried that we're going to see too much Baby Yoda. Yeah, just like. Outside of the show universe. Yeah, where people are like, what is this little Yoda figure? And like, people already yeah. know the surprise. Within the show, I can't get enough of Baby Yoda. Yeah. I want all of it. Yeah. So one of the things that's, uh, before we get into story arcs, which one that you already mentioned, uh, one of the things that's, when people started saying like, this is baby Yoda, John Favreau and Dave Filoni were getting upset because they're like, that's not well, his yeah, name. Yeah, but everyone knows that. Oh yeah, everyone knows that. And they're like- But we no. don't know what to call it. Yeah, we don't know what to call it. It's like, you haven't given us <laughs> yeah. a name. Apparently it has a name. They've got a name, but- The child? The child. <laughs> Listen here, kid. The chosen one? Yeah, the chosen one. I don't know. Okay, uh, what is what are some of your uh, favorite story arcs? So one of my favorite story arcs, I love, love the the Mandalorian first season. Yeah. Uh, so that that first season is my favorite season in any Star Wars TV show. Really? That, More than uh, season, season five of The Clone Wars, yeah. which when you finished it, you texted me, you said, this is my favorite <laughs> season of TV show ever. I hadn't seen Mandalorian yet. <laughs> <laughs> I had seen Mandalorian. So I... I don't know if Mandalorian is based on this or not. Okay. But there is a there's a Japanese comic comic book called uh, Lone Wolf and Cub. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. And so this Lone Wolf and Cub essentially this um, executioner gets um, exiled. He gets sent out in shame because of these accusations. So he goes on the run with his small child, mm -hmm. and it's this just total like ba like assassin dude yeah who fights with a sword and he's got his little kid he's a little baby with him yeah and so he's fighting but he's also protecting a baby and there's something really compelling about watching that yeah and i mean obviously i don't know if the mandalorian was watching based. a ruthless like almost villain protect an innocent this little pure baby. child yeah and i don't know if mandalorian was based on Lone Wolf and Cub. It seems a little too close to not be slightly based on it. As I say, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. But I, I just love that. Like, I love watching this, like you said, this ruthless killer also take care of this little babe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's a great one. That's and so good. Obviously, I've already mentioned her, but Ahsoka. Yeah. I love Ahsoka. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think one of my favorite story arcs is... Uh, Clone Wars, the last season with the Siege of Mandalore, Ahsoka and Darth Maul, Ooh. and then Ahsoka experiencing Order 66 from her point of view. My goodness. So that scene, like Ray Park, um, the guy who did Maul and Solo and Phantom Menace, like they, he did motion capture for that scene. I saw that. And I think uh, Culture Crave tweeted out some videos of that. Yeah. It looked so cool. So cool. And that storyline because one i already i already love the clone wars yeah and they already showed me dave filoni proved time and time again that he could tell good stories with these obscure characters characters we already know and love but after getting canceled and then getting renewed for the, like the final eight season he just like they put all of their best effort in and they really really just 
crushed it. Yeah. They absolutely crushed it. One thing I loved with the Ahsoka and Darth Maul stuff, there's just there's so much irony there. Yeah. So there you go back a season or two seasons before, I'm not sure exactly the timeline, but Ahsoka, you know, is accused of murder. Mm-hmm. Or accused of attempted murder or whatever. Yeah. And the Jedi Council doesn't believe her. They immediately they, they turn don't on trust her. her. Yeah. And so the sin of the Jedi Council was to not trust Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Right? That was their great sin that kind yeah. of pushed Anakin to the dark side. Yeah. Fast forward, you have Ahsoka and Darth Maul talking. And Darth Maul tells her. He, he tells her the whole truth. Tells her the whole truth. Because he figures it out. Yeah. Figures like he Which, figures out that's that, awesome. That's crazy. That Darth Maul figures out that the Anakin's that being groomed by Darth Sidious, yep. so he Palpatine to be the next Sith Lord. He tells Ahsoka, "Hey, Anakin Skywalker is the key to all of this. He's being groomed by Darth Sidious. He is the next Dark Lord. And the great sin of Ahsoka is not that she doesn't trust Anakin." Mm-hmm. Like the sin those committed against her, it's that she trusts him too much. Oof. Oh, and that I, that so irony, good. it just it rips you right because yeah. you saw how much it hurt Ahsoka that yeah. she wasn't trusted, and then you see her trusting and putting her trust in the wrong place, and it burned her. Yeah, so bad, so bad. And then even fast forwarding because that's the last time she sees Anakin. It shows the last time that oh she sees my him. Gosh. And then she hears, like, you fast forward like 12, 15 years into Rebels, assumingly 12 years. 12 years later, Ahsoka is in Rebels. Um, she sees Maul again. Hmm. And they're at this Sith temple, not the one in The Rise of Skywalker, but another one. And she comes, and Vader shows up. And they're talking, and James Earl Jones is like doing the voice, and he's like says something to the effect of the like, "I killed him, I killed Anakin Skywalker," and then she says, I, "Then I will avenge his death." Mm. And she said, and he says, "Revenge is not the way of the Jedi." And she says, "I am and not I'm a Jedi." Jedi. And then later on, she f- discovers that it's Anakin, yeah, because she cracks his helmet open. His voice comes in. You can see his face. And she says, Master, I will not leave you again. And it's so mm. heartbreaking. When you put all of that story together, yeah. it's so heartbreaking. It's so well done. And there's some more things um, that um, that I think that are also really compelling about that. But um, I think the next thing that I want to talk about is um, some weird force stuff in Rebels. So the weird, yeah, Rebels gets into weird force stuff. Like you said, I mean, there's weird force stuff in Clone Wars where they go to this force planet mm-hmm. and Anakin has a vision of like himself being as Darth Vader, then he forgets it all. But Rebels has some weird force stuff and. Uh, Dave Filoni is a huge fan of wolves, and they're they're on Lothal, which they find has a Jedi temple, and they're also these uh, wolf, uh, kind of Lothal wolves that are very force intuitive and can use the force in weird ways. 
there's this one scene in particular where uh, the wolves know Kanan Jarrus' real name. And oh, his, his name is Caleb Doom. And with a, one of the, like, the lead wolves keeps saying, Doom, Doom. And you think, like, is, like, is there something bad coming? And But yeah. it's his name. They're saying his name to kind of, like, he's still got stuff to learn as a Jedi. Huh. Uh, because his he when Order 66 happened, he was a Padawan. And his right. training so wasn't no complete. Training, yeah. yeah. So there's some really cool things about that. Uh, there's this one part where they're, they're cornered in by the Empire soldiers. And they to escape, they get on the backs of the wolves. And the wolves are just running in the grass. And then it looks like the grass is getting higher on them, yeah. higher and higher and higher. But the wolves are running down into the ground. And the next thing, they're all waking up after being unconscious on the other side of the planet. Like really, really weird force stuff. Which is kind of like, which is cool because it's showing us that there's so much to the force in their world building than that, what mm. we can imagine. Yeah. And Scott, kind of, you, you briefly mentioned about Clone Wars. Um, I can remember when I f first started watching Clone Wars, you know, I, the first couple of seasons took me, it took me a while to get into it. Yeah. The first, and, so I think of what I was telling you. And shout out to our, our buddy, Josh Rothschild, who, who I know texted you and was like, Hey, when does Clone Wars get good? Yeah, when does Clone Wars get good? Yeah. <laughs> and I think Josh, seasons... we love you. Thank you for sticking with it and trusting my yeah, advice. It's great. And I think that season three is when it, it's both when when Clone Wars gets good, really, and when the weird force stuff starts happening. Because they go to this planet. Yeah. Where there's this family, right? And yeah. so you have the son of really pure... dysfunctional weird family. It's very dysfunctional. Or they have this son who's pure darkness mm -hmm. and the daughter who's pure light. And and they keep balance. They balance the force out together. Yeah. And the father keeps them at bay and keeps them without from killing each other. And the father tells Anakin, You're the chosen one, you're chosen to, you know, keep the balance of the force, take my place. Yeah. It, I mean, that's some weird stuff, right? It's like are, super weird. So like, they never really answer this but it almost seems like these are like force like deities almost yeah or like they're almost like the essence of the force or something i don't yeah. know it was, it was trippy well there's even like a weird because season i think believe it's season two of the clone war or of rebels ends with ahsoka and vader in this duel I believe it's season two, season two or season three, and you don't know if Ahsoka makes it out alive. Mm. You see the you see the building that they're fighting in collapse. You see Vader exiting the building alone, and so you think that Ahsoka may be dead. And then getting into season four of Rebels, Ezra Bridger discovers this extra dimension that has portals to all over the universe. Into significant areas, and so he goes. After, even though it's supposedly like a few years later, after that battle, he sees Ahsoka fighting Vader. He sees the building collapse, and then he pulls, pulls her, her out. out. And yeah. so they invent, they have time travel, right, through the force, through the force, which is crazy. And part of the plot is that Sidious is wanting to uh, find this through Ezra and manipulate it to his will, but then Ezra kind of like destroys it. Um, or destroys his access to it. So there's a lot of weird force stuff 
that's really cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. All right, let's get into some of our favorite quotes or scenes. What do you got, Brad? So I think we're talking about uh, favorite scenes. Uh, there's the one, obviously, that I mentioned with Maul and Ahsoka. The Siege of Mandalore is really cool. Uh, I have two from The Mandalorian. Okay. I'm sure we probably have some of the same, maybe. I think as I go for quotes, there are things that I would I would say. Um, uh, this is the way. This is the way. <laughs> and... I, I have spoken. spoken. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, those are yeah, definitely so those there. are really good uh, quotes from the Mandalorian. Do you have any um, from the Mandalorian or uh, I have a bunch of quotes? Uh, okay, all from Clone Wars and Mandalorian. Oh, love it! One is actually a Yoda quote. So okay, <laughs> to answer power with power, the Jedi way. This is not in this war a danger there is of losing who we are. Great mm. quote. Uh, next, I have a Count Dooku quote. Ooh. From, and this is a great. It's when they are, they're, they're captured by these pirates. Yeah, Dooku, Anakin, and Obi Wan. Oh, and is it Hondo? Yeah, Hondo the pirate. They're all tied together. Super underrated character. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's hilarious. And Count Dooku says, "I would kill you both right now if I did not have to drag your bodies." And <laughs> I love just like the yeah the arrogance like. Almost like, hey, I would kill you, but it would cause too much trouble for me. You know, yeah, that's great. Exactly. Ahsoka quote If there's one thing I've learned from you, Master, it's that following direct orders isn't always the best way to solve a problem. Mm, that's so good. Then I have a couple of Mandalorian quotes. Okay. From the Mandalorian himself. Ooh. Which is tough because he doesn't speak a lot, but he does not speak <laughs> a lot, nor show a lot of facial expression. No, definitely not. <laughs> But this one is from, I believe, the first episode. And it just kind of sets the tone for who he is. Oh, I think I know what you're going to say. I can bring you in warm. Or I, or can, I can bring, bring you in cold. cold. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I remember we watched the first episode together. We watched all of them together, didn't we? Did you go ahead and watch some of no, them without me? I don't. Did we watch all of them together? I'm pretty sure we watched all of them well, together. Well, hey, that means we watched the first one together, right? That's right. <laughs> Uh, but that it just sets the tone, yeah, for who he is. And then another one says, "I am a Mandalorian. Weapons oh, are a part of my religion." Oh, love it! Yeah, that part was. I remember laughing when that when he said that. Uh, another quote for me is from Clone Wars from an unexpected character, Plo Koon. So it's one of the first Plo Koon episodes arcs that we get when he's with his Wolf Squadron. And they're kind of been pinned down. Uh, Plo Koon with his breathing apparatus can breathe in outer space. And they're kind of out there and they're getting gunned down. They're about to be killed. And the clones are kind of resigned that's saying, hey, you know, if we have to die, like, it's it's just part of it. Like, one of the clones says, we're clones. We're meant Mm -hmm. to be disposable. And he just says, not to me. Yeah. And that's super like just like one of the cool Jedi and like it makes it so much you get so much more a story of his background of how beloved he is by other Jedi by Soka specifically when he goes down in Revenge of the Sith how much more emotion is brought out in that scene. And then in Rebels Darth Maul is still trying to get to Kenobi and so he finally tracks him to Tatooine. He's wandering in the desert 
and he's going mad, even more mad than regular. And he just starts screaming, Kenobi! And it's just the guy, Sam Witwer, who does his voice, just does an amazing, amazing job. So, but a lot of the Star Wars, I mean, a lot of the lightsaber fights are really good. Mace Windu has some really cool scenes. Um, yeah, those are really, really fun. I think probably like season five of Clone Wars is my favorite. Yeah. And then yeah. I think in Mandalorian, the scenes like when he's going in to rescue the child mm. is really cool. Um, but also IG-11 when he sacrifices himself. Yeah, the redemption arc. The redemption, yeah. And I, I love that too because the man Mando, he hates droids. Hates droids. And so I love that it was a droid that saved him. Yeah. At the end, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Another funny scene that was the beginning after your uh Quill, I guess is how you say his name. The guy that says I have spoken after he dies. Yeah. In episode seven. And it's Which like I thought that he was going to kind of be around for a while. Yeah, Nick Nolte. I really voicing thought, the guy. I really thought he's going to be around for a good bit. I have never met a Mandalorian. I have only heard the stories. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but like he dies, and then you're just kind of like this heavy ending, and then Episode Eight picks up, and it's the two stormtroopers just kind of waiting around for orders, oh, just goofing my off. Gosh, yes. It's and they can't shoot. And they're trying to shoot like a can, can or something. <laughs> and they keep missing. I love that like it's canon now. Yeah, that it's they're officially just canon. Bad shots. They're not good at shooting. Okay, here's my question. I'm ready. So the stormtroopers. Yes. They were originally the clone army. Yes. They were good shots when they were clones. They were really good shots. What the heck happened? Are there any explanations out there? So I think one of the explanations in Rebels when we meet Rex again, spoilers, Rex is in Rebels, and he talks about that all of the clones were decommissioned and retired. And then basically it wasn't just clones. It was just uh, like whoever they could put in a Stormtrooper uniform. So now, now they're, they're just oh, yeah, and then guys. We, we, we see that in um, the last movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, so... Do they not train these people? My goodness. I mean, I guess not. <laughs> I don't know. I heard that it was kind of hard to see in the helmets. I mean, Luke Skywalker has that line in A New Hope. It's like, how do you see in this thing? <laughs> uh, which is really funny. That sounds like bad design. Yeah. Um, and they're obviously, their armor's not that great because usually after one shot, they're all dead. <laughs> um, okay. Do you have any more favorite quotes or scenes? Um, let's see. I love the, love the Mandalorian scene in the bar. The um, opening scene? No, 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 not, not that bar. Um, oh, what planet are they on? They're on the, like. The, the home planet for yeah, the Battle Hunters yeah. Guild. Yeah, and he's talking to his, the guild, the head of the guild or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, uh, Carl Weathers. Yeah, Carl. <laughs> Apollo. <laughs> Carl Weathers. <laughs> I think it's, uh, is his name Grief Karga or something. Oh, I gotta like look that? it up now. I gotta look it up. Um, Live googling IMDb right yeah, now. I'm literally on IMDb, so perfect. But that whole scene where his the guild master is trying to convince him, hey, please just take the contract, do what you're supposed to do, and be done with it. Yeah, please. Yeah. And the main, 
and the Mandalorian, it's um and Dave Filoni talks about this on the if you if you like the Mandalorian, you have to watch the Star Wars Gallery Mandalorian on Disney Plus. Excellent. But I think it's it's either John Favreau or Dave Filoni talks about this. They do such a great job with this character of not moving. So if you watch the Mandalorian, so much of his time spent on camera, he's not moving at all. Which makes the times that he does move more purposeful or more meaningful. Yeah. And so in this conversation with Grief Karga, I looked it up. Shout out IMDB. Grief Karga. You can tell, you can tell just by the way he's moving that he's not about this. The Mandalorian's yeah. not feeling this idea at all. Yeah. And I, I think Pedro Pascal just does such a phenomenal job of conveying emotions through subtle movements. And part of that's just the writing. Shout out to Dave Filoni and John Favreau. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, where so there are only four shows currently. Right. Where do you rank them real quick from best to worst? And then we can just talk a little bit about favorite show and least favorite show. And I think you've already mentioned your favorite. Yeah, this is tough for me. So I so The Mandalorian season one is my favorite season of of Star Wars TV. Okay. I have a little pushback for you. But no, here's no no, here's the deal. It's only one season. It's only one season, but I I think like after episode three, you get the sanctuary where I mean he meets uh Cara Dune on that planet and then I love that. No, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying you kinda of, you get that more episodic you're like okay what was the purpose of this okay it what did, was the purpose of the gunslinger it was a episode? little bit monster of the week yeah type of type of show for a little bit but i think like episode three and then they bring they tie it all up with seven and eight real well so i'm not saying it's a bad show but i think when you're kind of like wait what's going on yeah. how is this furthering the so story just to just kind of go on your point imdb you know, the, the episode ratings for IMDb on The Mandalorian, it yeah. goes episode one, 8.7, episode two, 8.7, episode three, 9.1, episode four, 7.8, mm. episode five, 7.6, episode six, 8.4, episode seven, 9.1, and then last episode, 9.3. Yeah. I mean, it's so good. You're right. It does take a little dip. It does take a little dip. But, but it's also been nominated for 15 Emmys. Yeah, it's great. So that's my favorite season. But I I have a tough time putting a show with one season yeah. ahead in the power rankings of a show with multiple good seasons. Yeah. So number one right now is The Clone Wars. Same. Um, if Mandalorian Season 2 is as good as Season 1, things are going to change real quick. Yeah. So I have Clone Wars, Mandalorian, Rebels. And I have Resistance last, but I'll be honest, I haven't watched. I have not seen it either. Any of Resistance? Yeah. So it could be great. It just doesn't feel like I'm the target demo. Yeah. Let's run through the Rotten Tomato scores real quick. Well, as we'll say, it's not everything, but it does have an indicator. So I have that exact same order of Clone Wars, Mandalorian, yeah. Rebels, Resistance. Clone Wars, uh, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, 92% fan score. Really? Mandalorian, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, 93% fan score. Really good scores. Yeah. Rebels has 98% on Rotten Tomatoes and 81% on fans. So my one comment, again, with Rebels, similar to Clone Wars, and 
Josh Rothschild would agree is that, um, although I don't think he's seen Rebels yet, is that season one is really slow of Rebels. Of it's Rebels. really hard to get into. And you kind of got to wait around for season two for things to really A pick 98. up. 98. Which, and then Resistance has 92% on Rotten Tomatoes and 56% for fan score. So there's a huge disparity in, yeah. the, in Resistance, but everything else is really close. Um, I mean, Rebels is 90%, and then, as I mean, there's like almost a 20% difference right there. But yeah, Clone Wars is absolutely my favorite. Eight seasons of amazingness, and I wish they could have kept going. And there's um, some more stuff that we're going to get into that they were planning for, but they didn't get into hmm. uh, because the show was canceled. They were able to wrap up season eight. Um, but that's my definitive order for my power rankings currently. And as we'll get into a little bit later, there is much more TV shows to come. Yeah. All right. Let's talk video games. Real quick. Let's talk it. So I... There are a ton of Star Wars video games out there. Ton. Um, so just all the way back to PCs and yeah. Oh my goodness! Like, I was Tie Fighter. At a list yeah. The other day. Um, I mean, it's just so regular, many like games. Sega, Super Nintendo. Right, and games. then you have some games that are just classics, like um, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, absolute classic. Uh, Jedi Knight Two, the Jedi Outcast, absolute classic. Star Wars: The Old Republic classic i mean there are some great games when i was a kid lego star wars so fun so do you remember like the little yoda like the little spaceship you can unlock where he like not spaceship but like almost like a floating wheelchair that you can like float around in and move in i don't oh that was great you had to unlock it so <laughs> had to be good <laughs> you may not have gotten it That's we don't right. know okay 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 <laughs> okay let's uh let's try to keep our our video game discussion to just games that are canon. So current canon video games. So we have Battlefront. Yep. Which one to mm -hmm. Fallen Order, mm -hmm. which is a canon story, and soon to be Squadron. Squadron. Okay. Right. So Battlefront. We'll we'll go Battlefront. I we'll talk about Battlefront too because it's the best one. Yeah. So the campaign I thought was at times a little boring. Ultimately, though, the game was gorgeous. Yeah. Beautiful game. It's uh, hard to make an ugly video game these days. It can be. Yeah. Uh, the shooting mechanics were very smooth, which I, when I play game, I'm big on the mechanics. The mechanics for Battlefront 2 are very smooth. The multiplayer for Battlefront 2 was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Galactic Assault was great. You felt like you were in a real like space war, which was awesome. The heroes gameplay mode was a blast. You could, I mean, you could be Darth Vader, you could be Han Solo, you could be Chewie, and you just go fight people. You could be Kylo Ren. It was awesome. I, I had, I, I, so I mained Darth Vader, and I had him tricked out. <laughs> Why does that I not mean, surprise me? When yesterday you were like. Bring me all the dead. <laughs> no. <laughs> kill more Tusken Raiders. Kill more younglings. <laughs> I, I do, so I do have one major criticism of Battlefront. Okay. This is big time. So when the game came out, it had a ton of microtransactions. Mm. 
And these weren't simply cosmetic microtransactions. Yeah. These were pay-to-win microtransactions. Oh. So part of Battlefront 2 with the Heroes campaign, you as you play, as you grind out stuff, you can level up your guns. Mm-hmm. When the game first came out, they had it to where you could pay to level up your guns. That sucks. And so all the best people in the game for like the first few months or whatever were just the people who spent hundreds of bucks on getting their blasters to level fan, you know. Yeah. But EA, after people complained and complained, EA finally nipped that in the bud, so that's fine. Uh, But overall, a solid game. And then the most recent one, Jedi Fallen Order. Mm. This is a game that you and I both played. We did. Uh, Great game. We we started out playing it on the the day that you bought it. Yeah. We we would swap on deaths. I pre-ordered it, and you came over to my house, and every time one of us died, we would switch out. I love this campaign. So good. Cal Kestis is such a cool character. It carried a lot of emotional weight. The scene with him and his um, Jedi Master during Order 66 was so good. Where his master sacrificed himself. This game was heavy. Yeah. Uh, it was very smooth, a beautiful game, which, like you said, it's hard to make a an ugly game at this point. Uh, but the game is beautiful. The planets were really distinct and fun. Yeah. You're on Kashyyyk, which okay. is gorgeous. Kashyyyk was my favorite planet. Yeah. And that little mini plot about the Wookiee revolution or the Wookiee yeah. war. Yeah, Saw Guerrero was there. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Yeah, I think one of the great things that the game really did is that what it gave what every every person wants to do is like, I want to know what it feels like to be a Jedi. Yeah. Give me the force. It gives you the force wielding a lightsaber, like attacking stormtroopers. a uh, set between uh, episodes three, three and four. four. Yep. Um, really cool. You meet a great a little droid called BD one that helps you with like health packs and scanning and maps. It's yeah, great. Um, lots of like stuff that you can find. Uh, you have the cool little side characters with the pilot and, a former Jedi master that had now closed herself off from the force. You fight inquisitors. It's a really, really fun game. You fight Darth Vader. You do fight Darth Vader and you survive amazingly. Mm. Yeah. Darth (laughs) Vader should have killed you. Darth Vader definitely should have killed you. The game should have ended with Darth Vader killing you. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think there's going to be a sequel to the game, but one of the things that I really think is like the guy who played him, his name is, um, I believe, Dominic. Okay. Uh, Mahogany. Mahogany. <laughs> Mahogany. <laughs> uh, I'm looking it up. But he is, he's uh, most recently played, um, he was the Joker character in the Gotham TV show. Oh, interesting. Um, let's see. Yeah, and so he's like he's he did the motion capture, he did all the voice acting for it. Um, he was great. Yeah, he was great. I think it would be really cool if they somehow incorporated his character, and we're going to be getting into this soon into one of the one of the Disney Plus shows that will be coming out. Oh, so I think that would be really cool because I mean he looks they he looks exactly like. Uh, the character, yeah, the do actor. You, do you like that they're making the like current video games canon stories? That like the storylines from the video games are canon. Do you like that? I think I like it. Yeah, because I mean, this guy is 
no Jedi is going to be advertising I'm a Jedi. I mean, right, he's going to be sure. he's going to be fighting. He's going to be using his lightsaber, using the Force, those sorts of things. But it's not going to be, hey, all the other Jedi, which they kind of come to the conclusion in the end because you're looking for right because he he decides not to to use the um, the Force cube. Oh my goodness, I'm blanking on the name. He's the, the register of. Yeah, force-sensitive kids, yeah. essentially. Yeah, um, he decides to not use that. He destroys yeah. it because Vader wants it as well to train people up into to be inquisitors. inquisitors. Yeah. And so he decides to destroy it because he also has a vision that he becomes the new Jedi Master. He trains these kids, and they all and die. And they all die, yeah. So really cool that it's just this mini crew of four people at mm. the end of the game. Yeah. And then kind of leads up it open for more games in the future. Also, everything about that game on Dathomir. Super cool. Was, was great. Yeah. So good. It's where you and build a another, dual like, wielded lightsaber. Another weird force thing. Yeah. Learning about the people in Dathomir and how they interact with the force. Yeah. Really cool. Really, really cool. So I think like what was what was your least favorite thing about the game? Do you have a least favorite thing about it? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I thought the game was really well done. I, I like single player games. I wish that it was more of a role playing game. Mm -hmm. Right. So the game is great. You don't have a lot of choices in terms of like what your character does. Yeah. Right, so you can kind of free roam and explore, but in terms it's of like not open actual world. moral choices, yeah, right, uh, as compared to one of my favorite games, like The Outer Worlds, where you can literally, like, in the story, like the main storyline, you can choose how you approach adventures yeah. and how you solve problems. Knights of the Old Republic um, was a, a exactly. true RPG. So, like, I, I would love a game where they gave us a little more freedom of how we. Um, like tell our story or how we incorporate our character into the star Wars universe. And so I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, I mean, they may have a vision of where Cal, they want Cal Kestis to go. I don't see him like, cause here's the thing with all of these characters that you do in between episodes, uh, three and four, they which have it, to die. They have, or, or we just go into hiding. Yeah. Here's the, that's the thing. If Cal lives and like, he just lives through the next video game. Where the heck is this dude? Yeah. Like, if we have this Jedi who's Force-sensitive and powerful and, and survives Vader and Darth lived, Vader, yeah. where the heck is he in the movie? So they, that's kind of like a natural problem that they're going to run into as they yeah. write these stories. I think, like, the same thing is with Ahsoka because, sp yeah. spoilers, like, yeah. she survives Order 66. She survives... Uh, the fight with Vader and Rebels. And then it, well, at the end of Rebels Season 4, it fast-forwards to after the defeat of the second Death Star. Yeah. And Ahsoka's still alive. and But we don't see her. We get a reference to General Syndulla in Rogue One. And you see Chopper, the droid. But that's it. Like, they're not part of the primary canon. Like, hey, here's this yeah. other Jedi that we know about. Why don't we bring them it's into the picture? It's a weird thing that Disney keeps doing. Yeah. So I think we're, I mean, we're going to be talking about that a little bit when we talk about what's next, but first we're going to be getting into some fun questions. So the first question that we have, 
is what color lightsaber would you choose? Mm. So I... Can I, I guess yours? Am I allowed to guess it? Absolutely. Purple. Yeah. Okay, so I... One, I just like the color purple. Yeah. It's a great color. Yeah. It really makes my eyes pop. It's a... <laughs> okay. Because you have purple eyes. That's not exactly true. Uh, in fact, it doesn't do that at all. But I wanted to say that. I so I you know you know this about me, but I love the idea of the gray Jedi. Yes. I I genuinely think the Jedi Council is bad as much as it's good half in the um in the Star Wars. Too narrow minded. You gotta let people fall in love. Yeah, I, that and they just make some decisions that I think are we'll say ethically challenged. Yes. So I, I'm not a big fan of the Jedi Council, but obviously I don't like the Sith either. Yeah. And I know Mace Windu kind of had the purple lightsaber going. Mm -hmm. But I think that when you think of Jedi, you typically think of blue or green. Yeah. Right? Because of, you know, you got Ray, you got Luke, all that jazz. And when you think of Sith, you think of red. Mm -hmm. And so I think not, not necessarily like a blending of the two, but just like a color that like contrast very well with the Jedi and with the Sith yeah. is a color that I would I would go with for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's cool. I mean now you've even got like you've got orange, you've got yellow. Yeah, there's tons you've of options. got all kinds of different I will white say, lightsabers now. When I played uh Fallen Order, my my lightsaber was a dual wielding double sided so double sided but also you could yeah. contract it, you know, to, yeah. Um so double sided dual wielding purple lightsaber. Okay, so I also had the the dual wielding uh, double lightsaber, but mine was the cyan, which is also known as lighter blue. <laughs> <laughs> That's the color in the game. Oh it's my cyan. Gosh. It's lighter blue. Okay, so here's my defense. So I just like the classic look, the the New Hope color of Luke and Obi Wan's lightsabers are lighter blue. Than in, uh, than in the prequel trilogy or in the sequel trilogy, and I just like the classic kind of lighter look of a lightsaber. So I picked that color for my lightsaber. Mm. So next question is: If you were a Jedi, who would you want to be your apprentice, and who would you want to be your master? So, but give your master first. Who would you want to be your master? This might be cheating because she's not a Jedi. Oh, okay. I would want Ahsoka Tano, Tano to train me. Okay. Right. So, and she might not even she may not even accept an apprentice because she's not a Jedi, as she says herself. But I think that having kind of like a lone ranger mentality, but being like a force sensitive, you know, quote unquote gray Jedi. Um. Yeah, I think I'd want to learn from her. Okay. So I picked Qui-Gon yeah. to be my master because he rebels against the Order. Mm. As Obi-Wan says, and he like, does. hey, he if does. you just fell in line, you would be a master on the council. And he's not playing by their rules. He he kind of he understands that, like, hey, like, tell me what's really going on. Like what's what's the real deal going on here? And 
I recently read something is that because of his rebelliousness and they knew Obi-Wan would be rebellious as well, is that's why they paired him with Qui-Gon because if he rebelled from someone that was a more of a maverick, then Obi-Wan would rebel to becoming the perfect Jedi, which I thought was interesting, but I would choose Qui-Gon to be my master. Who would you choose? And you better not say Darth Vader to be your apprentice. <laughs> to be my apprentice? Mm. I don't know. This is a tough one. I think maybe someone like, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say like Yoda because that's, that's kind of cheesy. Did you say Yoda? I said baby Yoda. You said baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> He's adorable. He's cute. He's already super strong oh and can take care of himself gosh. and take care of me. And like, be like, Hey little buddy, like let's just go on a little adventure together and i feel like you would be a star student Ooh, okay. i don't know if i'd get tired of <laughs> he would be a star student he would be a star he would student. be a star student and like I... talk about like first of all i'm not gonna live 800 years old so i'm like master number one and i get to see him become a little bit more than a toddler as his master and mm. but those lessons that he will learn, he will carry on for generations. So that's my that's my pick for my apprentice. Okay, sure. I I have said this. I would not want Anakin to be my apprentice. He agreed. Nor Ben Solo. So I like. <laughs> nor Ray. Yeah, anyone who has a mind of their own. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Brad, if you could have only three force powers, what would they be? And let's say, okay, for this discussion, let's say two things. Two things. Uh, thing number one, you're living in the Star Wars universe. All right. So these are not powers that you think would be useful to, to you in your everyday life here in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. okay? So you are, you're in the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. Second thing, we are going to include powers that we find from books that are considered legend now as opposed to just canon okay so as long as it has as long as it has been mentioned in in actual stores in book some lore, lore right you can't make up something right so as long as someone else had the idea before you you're good to go all right so i've put a great deal of thought into this and okay maybe not a great deal but i put a great deal my easy number one pick was force healing because as someone that has had several surgeries already in their life, I need a body that can function. I need to be able to heal myself. I need to be able to get going because Star Wars universe, for those of you that have seen, it's a dangerous place out there and I need to be able to heal myself. Second pick is telekinesis, moving stuff towards or away from me with my mind, including uh, jumping, pulling, pushing, uh, like getting things towards me quickly. And number three is telepathy or intuitiveness. So the being able to read people's minds, just like engaging and then like being able to sense when things are wrong, just kind of that in tuneness of intuition and instinct. What are your three? So I... Some of, so I'm on Wikipedia, 
All right. Which Wikipedia is awesome. Yeah. It has a exhaustive list of force abilities. And some of these are cool. So the first one I chose is Animal Bond, also known as Animal Friendship or Beast Control. It is the force ability required to control an animal. Once calmed, an animal can be used by the force user in various ways, including mount or guard beast. <laughs> so you could go up to any animal in the Star Wars universe and force control it so that you could ride it perfectly. You could ask it to attack people for you, to defend you. And there's some pretty crazy beasts in the Star Wars universe. Pretty crazy alien monsters. So I feel like that could be useful. Oh, absolutely. Another force ability that I think is interesting is called Fold Space. Fold Space. Per Wikipedia. Wikipedia, excuse me. It allows a force user to bend space to instantly transport an object between places. Okay. So you can t essentially teleport things. That's pretty cool. So you can send something from one place to another instantly because you're taking space and folding it together and sending that wow. through. Yeah, that definitely only appears in Legends. But those guys should like open like their own mail delivery system. Yeah, I don't. So Wikipedia, I will say, it says notable practitioners. There's Abeloth and Luke Skywalker. Huh. I don't know when Luke did that. It's in Legends somewhere. Definitely in Legends. Uh, but I think that is a really cool ability. And it also says that it, it allows you to prevent yourself from being moved by people from the Force. Okay. I don't know how that works, but it does. Huh. And so the last one, I don't know if this is one I would want personally. So this is a dark one. It's not. It's not. Oh, it's not lightning? Nice. It's called Memory Walk. Memory Walk. And... I think this could be useful in a fight. Okay. It's also called Torture by Chagrin. It's a force ability that allows you to force your victim to relive all of their worst memories of their life. Wow. <laughs> I don't know that I would choose that one, but that's what I keep reading about and that I think is really interesting. Okay, so, <clears throat> oh, hold on, let me try to pick a different one, because that, that, that's, that's kind of dark. I'll go force speed. There we go. The ability to run fast. That's great. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude, think about this. You're in a fight. You're in a fight, right? Yeah, I'm in a fight. And then all of a sudden, you just force your enemy to relive their worst day ever. You probably win that fight. Nine times out of ten. Yeah, I mean, okay. I was just gonna. We're just gonna move on. So, <clears throat> talking about what's next. Um, so there's a few shows that we have coming out. Yeah. And there are a few things that we know so far. We know that there's going to be a Cassian Andor and K2SO that were in Rogue One. Mm -hmm. They're going to be getting their own Disney Plus show. There's going to be a Obi-Wan Same actors? Same actors. Okay, cool. So most all of the shows that we that know that are coming out so far are Disney's wheelhouse is really in between episodes three and four right now. Mm -hmm. That's where Solo was, Rogue One. Um, besides The Mandalorian, um, all these other shows that we're going to be talking about, 
in the next few minutes are going to be in between episodes three and four. So Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, he is going to be getting his own show. Ewan McGregor, perfect actor to play him, is going to be returning. It's rumored that Hayden Christensen will be a series regular on that show. Oh, no way. So that's really interesting. Another rumor is that there will be a Lando show or some kind of uh, show with uh, Donald Glover, Billy D. Williams. It's also rumored that Alden, uh, the guy who played Alden Uh, Heinrich, Heinrich. who played Han Solo and Solo, will be returning as well as Amelia Clark to play Kira. And Darth Maul, so kind of more of an underworld TV show, mm. and that Billy Dewey Williams will be recounting his time as a younger smuggler gambler. Um, some other shows that were just announced were was the Bad Batch, which were introduced in the Clone Wars, and they'll be getting a show that immediately is after Order sixty six, and they're a experimental. A clone trooper squad well, gone wrong. Gone wrong. Well, they the cloning they, process wasn't perfect. Well, they were. Them, right? They were actually they were biologically engineered to have other oh, abilities and strengths. I thought that it was a, a mistake. I didn't realize it was on purpose. I think they just called themselves the Bad Batch, but I think they're they're experimental. It's okay. an experiment. Cool. So th- I'm really looking forward to that show. Um, the mo- what I'm most nervous about is that t- these TV shows will flop because it seems that Disney's kind of switching gears from doing movies to TV shows, which is fine. But I'm just nervous that once we get so much content, it's not going to be consistently good and on the same page. I don't know. I mean, so Disney, you know, obviously Disney was over the Mandalorian. Yeah. And they were over the last epi- or last season of the Clone Wars as well. And it was a pretty good season. It was really good. And so I'm thinking that Disney, I don't know. I, I trust the mouse. I yeah. trust our overlords. As long as Dave Filoni has got his hands yeah. all over it, I think we'll be okay. So last question before we go to our overall reflections and final grade. If you could choose a TV show to be made, what would it be about and what era would it be in? Hmm. You know, I, I think I might go the same answer for my movie. Um, but I would love a TV show on the founding of the Jedi Council. Yeah, and that's not, that's or actually, let me rephrase, scratch that, scratch it from the record. I want a General Tarkin TV show. Okay. So I read the Tarkin book recently, mm-hmm. which is canon. It's a canonized book. Uh, the Tarkin family is really interesting. So they have this like manhood ritual where they throw you into this wilderness and you have to like fend for yourself to become a man type of deal. And Tarkin is a really interesting person. And he's somebody that Vader respected despite Tarkin not being a force wielder. And Tarkin in the book had figured out who Vader was. Yeah. And so I think a Tarkin TV show would be really interesting. Yeah. And really fun. Yeah, I think so too. So my answer for this question is give me the animated series, the same style as Clone Wars, um, same style that they did in the last season um, after Return of the Jedi that focuses on Luke, Han, Leia, Lando, and Chewie. Oh, interesting. And their adventures. Because there's a point in The Rise of Skywalker where Lando's telling 
uh, Finn Ray and Poe said, yeah, Luke and I were here looking for this guy yeah. and we couldn't find him. And so there were adventures that they were going on. Mm. And so I would love to see that show. Um, I think that would be really cool. So Brad, uh, what are your overall reflections in your final report slash grade for the Star Wars TV shows? Yeah, I'll go A, just a solid A. The Mandalorian season one was great. Uh, loved it. The Clone Wars starts off a little slow, but once it gets going, it's a great TV show. Yeah. Um, I was a little hesitant to watch it at first because I thought it was kind of a kid's show, mm -hmm. but it's really not. And it deals with some themes that are pretty intense, right? It deals yeah, with really like moral, dark. moral ambiguity. It deals with um, characters struggling to find their place in their world, characters struggling with their inner darkness. Um, character show of trust issues and mistrust. I mean, it's a good show. And so I have to go A. Solid A. Yeah. I'll give it an A as well because a lot of the things that you just said, there are some parts where it kind of doesn't really, you're like, man, this just doesn't, this isn't as enjoyable. Of yeah. And there are some other parts because out, out of, if you have an A plus across four shows that are in the same universe, Universe, you're doing amazing. Yeah. You're doing amazing already if you get an A. So, but like, I think they're doing great. The show's fun. The series is fun. And it's really, really good. And I'm really looking forward to what's coming next. But that's, um, that's all that I have for the Clone Wars TV shows. And next week, uh, Star Wars TV shows, next week, we're going to be addressing the Umbrella Academy on season, Netflix. Season one only next week. Season one only. So make sure you tune in yeah. for that because if you haven't seen it, um, it's a it's a super fun show. It's not it's a superhero show, but it's not necessarily for kids. Um, this is kind of more of. I wouldn't even say not necessarily. I would just say it's not for kids. Yeah, it's not for kids. Um, so, but it's a super fun show. It's a new take. So tune in next week for that. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for another episode of the Brad Report. We hope that you dug what you heard. We hope that you will like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, follow us on social media. And until next time, love you 3000.